Hello. Today I'm back at it talking about AI. So it's really a big topic as we're seeing AI being infused into business applications and AI is becoming more and more democratized. And additionally, more companies are developing platforms and solutions to really speed up the process of deploying AI. So to help me look into AI from these many different angles is Jim Delmagani, founder of AI Multiple, where they analyze public and private data to generate some astounding data-driven insights. So Jim, welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. Uh, thank you very much for hosting me. And um, yeah. I mean, AI, as you know, it's becoming a more and more popular topic and everyone is mm -hmm. uh, chiming in. So yeah. uh, just, just laying out why, uh, why I have been uh, you know, so much uh, interested in the topic. So previously, awesome. uh, I was at McKinsey for a decade helping uh, companies use uh, tech mm -hmm. and AI. And I got quite a few questions on specifically on AI and then mm -hmm. founded AI Multiple, where we, we work with AI companies and uh, corporates that are looking into implementing AI in their companies. Now we have about a million visitors per month and oh, that wow. helps yeah. us get, get a few uh, good perspectives on uh, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and, and yeah, that's why, I mean, it's a, it's a topic that's dear to my heart. Well, I mean, it's a topic I think that's dear to a lot of people nowadays, considering <laughs> the rise of AI and its use. And uh, also, thanks for joining me today, uh, Tim. It's a pleasure to be chatting with you again. And uh, uh, you, you got the, uh, we got the distinct pleasure of having you as part of our recent uh, RPA Expo event. So thank you for participating with us in that. And uh, yeah, so today, it's I'd love to just unpack some AI themes with you, if you will, and kind of get your perspectives on things because. It, it, for what you mentioned, you know, AI is, is, it used to be sort of this uh, nebulous thing, this sort of, what is it? And how can we even really use it, uh, you know, in a business sense, you know, but, uh, but what's great is that I've seen this huge shift of how AI has been really getting included in a lot of business applications as sort of a, a natural layer, if you will, um, that is easily accessible and usable by regular users, if you will, of the applications. And uh, so uh, I was just wondering if, if that's really helping strengthening that uh, awareness of AI and its capabilities with the folks you're talking with as far as how it's being included in these applications. Uh, that is definitely uh, the goal. Um, mm -hmm. And one interesting thing about AI is uh, once something works in business, in production, then we sort of stop calling it AI. So That's... AI always seems to be at this leading edge. But if you look right. at the, the type of technologies that, that we are using, I mean, even optical character recognition uh, mm -hmm. can be done with uh, deep uh, deep learning. And then converting for example images into text or uh, even in this in the zoom call uh, how we you know uh, how we have our backgrounds blurred etc i right. mean these are all these are all machine learning challenges that have been solved to such a degree that they have become embedded in our lives and we no longer see them as ai and we want just something mm. that is you know really out of the ordinary so definitely uh, machine learning uh, is becoming a part of applications and there are 
numerous applications and when they work well, we are not uh, that aware of them. However, well, sorry, I was go just going to interject. Yeah, that's that's a great point you've made there as far as that you really don't think of them as AI anymore now that they're kind of embedded in the, like these everyday use of things, not only business applications, but think about your mobile device, you know, where you talk to it to have it schedule an appointment or look up a song or or what have you. And you don't think of that as AI, you know, these voice powered devices, uh, you know, like Alexa or the Google home or things like that. But uh, you're right. Well, I mean, we don't think of those as AI things because they've been <clears throat> sort of rebranded, if you will, about something that's more consumer friendly <laughs> in some aspects, but in others in a business sense, it's just, baked in, if you will, into the applications, and it almost becomes this natural part of what you're doing. So you don't think of AI as a separate tool inside the application. It's, it's like you said, you don't, it no longer becomes AI. It's just part of what it's inside of. So I, I'm glad you brought up that point. It's of how the shifting thinking and use of AI has evolved over time. And I think it's similar in other domains as well. In the in the first days, you know, you have these mavericks and scientists that are uh, engineers that are working on the solution. It doesn't mm -hmm. exactly work, but it has a lot of a uh, lot of potential, let's say. And right. for example, I mean, that's also how cloud started. It was startups experimenting with it, seeing, mm -hmm. I know it's so amazingly easy to deploy. But then you wouldn't have a Fortune 500 uh, move directly into the cloud because cloud wasn't uh, mature enough for that and mm -hmm. similarly in uh, you know uh, early days of uh, machine learning uh, let's say you know about 10 years ago 2012 to 13 14 15 you mm -hmm. you were more seeing much more technical teams involved in in building these uh, applications but now because of the mature uh, relative maturity of the solution now you can have less uh, technical resources to build something. And then that, of course, makes it easier to customize it, makes it easier to bake it into your solution. And then the mm -hmm. next challenge doesn't become, oh, how can we build a machine learning model for that? But the next challenge becomes, uh, how can we smartly embed that in the application? So mm -hmm. we can have an active learning loop where the human is teaching the machine something and then the machine is picking that up learning uh, even without um, notifying the user on the fly. And then in the next iteration, the machine is smarter and, uh, you know, uh, and it's not even noticeable by the user. It's just that you are having a better, better user experience. And this takes, of course, you know, design, business thinking, process uh -huh. understanding, a lot more than just the pure data science. Well, that you brought up a couple of great points there. And I, I'll love to kind of chat with you further about that is that, it's, it's this loop. So there's one thing, this cycle, I'd like to touch on that as one point. The other is that um, how AI is now this tool that you can, like you said, embed in these applications, which really speaks to the democratization of AI, how it's, it's simpler to use uh, for like citizen developers, if you will, uh, that are creating these low-code, no-code solutions uh, and embedding AI-capable uh, functionality with inside these apps that they're developing with these low code, no code tools. Uh, so, and what I, I've, I recently highlighted this in a, uh, another podcast episode I just did, but it's, it's allowing through this low code, no code, it's allowing citizen developers and 
pro developers to collaborate more across the capabilities and creation of apps. And then they can leverage AI components and make them available for citizen developers to say, I'm gonna, I need this element or this component and have it do this inside the app. So I'd love for you to, to speak to that a bit if you could, as far as how it's AI is enabling these low code, no code uh, creations. I think about just three years ago, if you were saying things like uh, citizen data scientists and, you know, just mm. drag and drop models, uh, three, five years ago, that was almost like science fiction. But mm. now we have, like at AI Multiple, we have clients who have who are promoting their solutions as no-code AI. And we even have a list of no-code AI solutions. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and these things work. So... Uh, so, some examples, when you have structured data that you want to mm -hmm. predict, you can drag and drop models. So uh, Akio, one of one of our uh, customers, they have built this, uh, this no-code solution where you can have, have predictions with the, uh, with the click of a button and then it uses various data forms, etc. So the, you know, citizen developer movement that has been going on for the past uh, probably 10 years and more. Now you have the citizen data scientist movement where, uh, you know, it's become easier and easier to, to build this mo these models because all you need to have is high quality data and a uh -huh. way to evaluate your accuracy. If you can bring these things together, you can you can build a new models. And then this is of course like another capability that we are adding on top of these citizen developers who are also becoming citizen data scientists. And then uh, and then you know you are able to create much smarter uh, applications because uh, if you think about you know why, why do we need humans uh, at work it's it all boils down to this right because mm -hmm. most of most of the manual um, activities i mean we have very uh, flexible hands and they can do <laughs> they, they can <laughs> still do right. things that the machines are not that good at but i mean if you think about how how things are progressing i mean uh, most of most of the manual part of the uh, the jobs are getting getting automated and then mm -hmm. uh, if you can also enable citizen developers, citizen data scientists to automate the thinking function of jobs where machines can do predictions, where machines can uh, can give accurate responses to humans. And then you can also uh, embed that seamlessly in your applications. Then we are going to be seeing much less of these uh, robotic work that people are doing, that RPA set out to uh, end, but obviously it has not ended. It has just become a bit, let's say, uh, less easy, a bit less repetitive, but still, you know, there is mm -hmm. tons of work that humans are doing that is extremely robotic. And if we can take that away, then that makes everyone, uh, I mean, that means every employee in your company needs to become a creator. And I mean, that's, of mm -hmm. course, massive, uh, both opportunity and threat for the for the mankind. We got much more interesting things to do, but the sad <laughs> thing is, if we don't do them, you know, we can find ourselves unemployed so well uh, it's also yeah a dilemma it, for, for governments to work out right well you brought up a great a great point there is, is something that i think will will still be there long into the future is that we're always going to have that human element you mentioned to the mind that uh humans have that something that ai and these bots really can't 
replicate and, and a lot of that's you know science fiction if you, as a term you'd use <laughs> uh previously is, is and what we've seen in movies you know these sentient beings of ai but i think we're going to have this symbiotic relationship between humans and ai for, or and technology if you will for quite some time and i think it's the it's the fact of how we can leverage this technology and ai to be beneficial to um create wonderful things and helpful things. I've seen some great uh, uses of AI in humanitarian causes or in uh, agriculture and in the sciences to really surface information and, and data that can be really helpful. And then we need as humans to extrapolate that data and the information surfaced to make decisions off of it. And what do we do with this? Now that we have this information, what can we do with it? So it, humans are going to be that uh, a huge element, I think, for quite some time in all of this. And uh, like I mentioned, that symbiotic. After a while, I think we'll, you know, we'll be teaching the machines and the AI, and AI will be giving us information and kind of teaching us, if you will, things. And it's kind of this back and forth uh, that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's an it's an exciting future, and like people are. Uh, scientists are considering when machines can be at par with us and uh, mm -hmm. like the estimations are like 50, 60 years at least. So right. we have yeah. quite some time Sometimes. for, for yeah. symbiotic <laughs> relationship. And and this makes us this much uh, this makes it much easier to become a, a, a creator and this also puts mm -hmm. a big uh, burden on corporations to, to take advantage of this because if you don't then your competition is going to take advantage of this and then that is what i call the the ai multiple uh, of the company you know like back in the day your financial capabilities were determining how successful your company is but now mm -hmm. it's your how you use your technology how creatively you use your human resources if you can offer a more automated workflow that you can get back to your customers immediately and let's say you know with better prices with better service thanks to automation then that's gonna make a make a big difference and for example you know in the in the banking case it's fintechs that are uh, getting market share from mm -hmm. banks in the insurance world it's it's the insure tax and AI is playing a, a massive role uh in that and you know every every tech giant is is considering this mm -hmm. and looking into how they can embed more ai into their applications and doing organizational changes etc to to trigger that yeah and it's and it's interesting you you kind of segue into that it, it speaks to those industry clouds that a lot of these big players are have now or are investing in and it Underneath all of that, they're infusing AI into these uh, industry cloud tools and solutions to really enable folks. And and the one thing I want to jump back on, you you briefly touched on it. It's it's the human shifting of the human focus, if you will, on what they're doing. So instead of these redundant menial tasks, uh, they can focus more strategically on things or more important critical tasks. And that's something we've we've highlighted a lot of late with not only automation, RPA, but AI can assist with along those ways. But it, it speaks to how many people are going to have to evolve in their business roles and their, and what they do. It's got it. We've seen that over the past. I mean, think about when the industrial revolution came about, you know, we're talking over a hundred years ago or more and how people had to shift because, you know, um, the assembly line came along and, you know, it, it streamlined a lot of things and people had to learn and adapt 
that's what the great thing about humans though is we we learn and adapt and and adjust to anomalies and surprises that pop up and uh so when ai comes along and and you and people have that fear of of what's going to happen to me it it's a chance for folks to reimagine or readjust what they do um so i don't know if you've you've seen that um people really taking a hard look at uh at their roles now yeah reskilling definitely uh, it's a, it's a big thing and uh, as you mentioned uh, industry clouds and making embedding ai more in uh, applications is triggering mm-hmm. that because now if you look at uh, if you look at clouds of any tech giant you have these these uh, series of uh, ai tools but they mm-hmm. are they are the building blocks uh, so they release things like you know first of all okay it's image recognition and then they put oh but we're able to recognize faces as well but mm-hmm. then uh, of course you can build on top of it and then you can build an an authentication uh, api for for a specific use case or for mm-hmm. for insurances for example then you can build additional uh, things on top also also using ai services to the to the point that you know your customer can seamlessly authenticate with an with an app and then they are able to take a picture of their car and then uh, you know yeah. the, the car damage is automatically assessed and th- these sort of industry uh, specific applications they are quite uh, common and the thing is mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh it's not going to be just one company uh, cracking it in some cases it's going to be these uh these will be built by the by the tech giants or the vendors but then uh-huh. there will also be cases where companies need to make their own uh, own solutions i'm also uh, interested by this build versus uh buy dilemma in in ai mm. as well like mm. when should yeah. you you know, go after uh, getting a solution uh, from the cloud versus when you should really uh, protect your data and build your own thing. Well, and yeah, that speaks to the security of, of, of things that we have to think about too, that security layer if, with AI. We don't want it to run rampant, I mean, with, with things because it'll just go crazy if you let it kind of roam free of unlearning things. But it does speak to the importance of security and the like I, I like how you mentioned that buy versus build. When when do those things intersect? Or if you do buy something, does it offer you the flexibility to customize and create things off of that framework that's unique to your your business or your uh, uh, market that you're in, industry? So uh, that is a great point to highlight. But uh, hey, we're running butting up against time here. But I wanted to ask one final question. I kind of leave folks with this. This is kind of an interesting take. Uh, what do you see as the future of AI? Where are things headed that you're kind of seeing? What What's some interesting things you, you'd maybe like to see AI do or you're already seeing some buzz about that's happening? Uh, what's the timeline? Five years? Oh, I, it doesn't matter timeline. I'm just maybe <laughs> some predictions, if you will, or is it some <laughs> sure. early buzz you're hearing about some interesting things about AI? Sure. So, uh, I mean, I'm really excited about uh, more specific industry applications, and I think we are really at the beginning of it because Mm -hmm. we have the building blocks, but we don't have this, um, like, for example, have this 
model that is integrated to your historical uh, claims that can, you know, from the picture of a car tell you, uh, you oh, know, how mm-hmm. much money you will get, etc. I mean, there are attempts at it, but the solutions, they are, they are let's say, growing in maturity. So uh, I think industry specific applications that's definitely a, an area and okay. and then there are some challenges of current ai solutions so i mean if you talk to a chatbot there are still limitations it's not like you are talking <laughs> yeah. to me and yeah uh, and you can is, tell it to you sometimes <laughs> yeah there's yeah. quite a bit of research around those topics because the supervised deep learning approach that has taken us so far we mm-hmm. are hitting the some of the limitations there. It's very, uh, I mean, it is computationally intensive, but more importantly, requires high quality training data, mm. yeah. which we may or may not have in every case. And then in some ch- challenges like natural language understanding, we are seeing that mm-hmm. uh, we have an interesting combination of rules as well as this uh, machine learning-like approach here. Like we have right. a very strong um, r- rational thinking. When you tell me something that doesn't make sense, I can immediately point it out. But then, you know, you have these uh, very smart-sounding NLP models, but you can easily lead them to say crazy things that make no well, sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, so... so over there, there's, there's definitely yeah. uh, uh, the significant, you know, research potential to mm-hmm. to either improve supervised deep learning or to come up with a bit more unsupervised approaches that can that can complement its current um, deficiencies. And and yeah, there is uh, there's uh, people like Gary Marcus uh, from uh, from NYU, uh, I think is, and you know, people are seeing the the issues with deep learning and then trying many different approaches to tackle that. I think that will be solved in the, in the background while we figure out how <laughs> to make the current right. technology fit better in our uh, industry cases. You know, mm-hmm. that will be the research developments and then we will have new technologies to, to tinker with uh, in our tech stack. Well, that's great to leave people with here at the end. And it's, it sounds like we've come a long way with AI, but there's still a long way to go. Uh, it sounds like, you know, a lot more. Uh, it's great that we've learned a lot up to this point, but I think we're going to learn a lot more in the future. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you again. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of this show today. Thank you, Aaron.